Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So there was kind of a funny moment, I think, on Wednesday. We had a chance to chat with Byron Leftwich and Larry Foote and a couple players, Mike Evans and Levante David. And I want to speak specifically about Levante. You can read about this on the Tampa Bay Times and in TampaBay.com. So we're talking to Levante and, you know, I mean, every, you know, eight and nine record, not exactly what they wanted, right? But here they are hosting the wild card against a 12 and five Dallas Cowboys team. Not the way that you would have thought either season was going to turn out after week one when the Bucks beat the Cowboys in Dallas 19-3. to It was a very resounding win, to be honest with you. And so we're talking Levante, and he goes, yep, you know, um, just in Bucks locker room on, on the board in there, uh, there's a message. It's a new season. And he was asked, yeah, really? That's in there? Who wrote it? He goes, I did. <laughs> Which I loved because he was <laughs> quoting himself. But you know what? That's what leaders do. Leaders lead, right? And so the handwriting may not be on the wall, per se, but it's on the grease board. At least he didn't say um, Levante David did. That's right. He should have gone third person <laughs> at that point. That would have been even better. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't like Ricky Henderson or Bo Jackson or anything. Uh, but it was just funny because there was like this pause. Who wrote it? I did. <laughs> Um, so, and that's kind of like where they're at is, you know, sort of everything kind of went badly during the regular season. And yet there's like over 20, I think I counted 21, 22 players still remaining from the Super Bowl team, which some, some people, I was talking to my wife about this. She goes, wow, that's all. But you know, there's about. I don't know, 15 to 20 player turnover almost every year Mm -hmm. in your roster. And so there's, you know, yeah, less than half of that Super Bowl team is still there. Now they're key contributors, obviously. But when you think about it, um, you know, everything sort of went wrong and, and they're not considered very strong contenders. I watch shows all week so far. And I mean, it's only Wednesday as we do this podcast, Wednesday night. But no one is really talking about the Bucks, you know. Like they're to say they're under the radar, you'd have to be on the radar first, right, for them to be to be under it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of talk about Dallas and why Dallas isn't playing well. And Dak Prescott with the interceptions, you know, and um, all of that. But everyone's just kind of patting the Bucks on the head and going, "Yeah, eight and nine, terrible division." I don't know how they got here. Tom Brady basically has something like. And so there's a lot of talk about sort of like their struggles this year, you know, and, and, you know, everything has changed since week one. Like you try to look at these two teams and, you know, it's like Devontae said, he goes 18 weeks ago, you know, and he goes, we thought we were hot stuff back then, (laughs) but the Cowboys got a better record. And from what it seems like, they've got a better football team, but we're definitely a competent group and, you know, it feels like I'm, I'm sure they're confident. 
and we understand what they're bringing. We'll be ready for it. So it's not that they're embracing sort of this underdog role, but they are, in fact, underdogs. And it may only be three points to Las Vegas or whatever the spread is. I'm not really sure because I don't do that stuff. But bottom line is it, it really it really doesn't matter. You know, like you're trying to win one game. And in talking to Byron Leftwich, I thought this was interesting too. He says, you know, it's they've gotten guys back. And this is sort of the narrative this week has been this is the healthiest they have been since OTAs right, going back before July, like back in last spring. Well, we still don't know, you know, how injured Robert Hainsey is with the hamstring. We don't have any clue, and I don't have any expectation that Ryan Jensen is going to play. But a lot of guys sat out the last week, sometimes some of them the last two weeks, and they say, you know, we basically have as many guys back as we've had since the start of the season. And if that's true, it bodes well especially since they can practice. And that's what Leftwich says the difference has been is that they've been able to kind of get out there and, and not just play together, but also practice together. And, you know, Leftwich was funny. He was like, it's good on good now. He's it's true varsity football, right? He was like, you know, Brady's been in a lot of these games and he knows how they're supposed to be played. And, you know, but uh, when you think about, you know, all the – reps that the young guys got during the season and they were constantly having change and and the offensive line and receivers and all of that this is the time of year where all that experience now should pay off like these guys are they've gone through a year they've hit the ricky ricky wall they've come out the other side and and now they're all healthy and so you know you kind of you know just going back and thinking about that first game they played dallas i mean you had Chris Godwin, who's coming off an ACL and an MCL, who remarkably made it to the opener. But then when they played him, about, you know, they gave him the first first play was a short screen to him so he could get hit, get that out of the way. But then about halfway through the game, he pulls his hamstring, and he's out two or three weeks. And then you had someone like Julio Jones who lit it up in training camp. And he comes out in the first game, and he, he's dominant. And then he, he catches a deep ball about 48 yards but when he comes down, he lands hard on the turf on his on his knee, and it's not been the same the rest of the year. And then you have Donovan Smith, and they're struggling, you know, trying to block Dallas. Um, and then one particular play, he hyperextends his elbow, and that knocked him out for a while. So just in that one game, which they won, by the way, and won fairly handily, um, they lost all these players, and, and that almost instantaneously began – sort of a season of change, a season of young players replacing veteran players, replacing starters that you were counting on, um, you know, guys that were already had decided to leave or left on their own or you didn't resign. It's just been in flux all year long. And sometimes that's the way seasons are. And a lot of teams wouldn't make it to this point, you know, if, if they had all those injuries. These guys were three and five. Do you know, Steve, they never won more than two games in a row this year. I went back and looked at that and went, wait a minute. You've got to win three, right, to get to the Super Bowl. They've never won more than two games in a row this year. Well, when you're eight and nine, it's not surprising. I know, right? But still, it's But like, with wow. Tom Brady, I mean, well, what, for the first time in his career, he lost, what, four in a row? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. 
or was it second time in his career? Maybe his first. Never had a losing season. Yeah, he never had a losing season. Mm-hmm. Never lost to the Falcons. That's right. I mean, there's a lot of those records that went out. There's but, a lot of nevers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're eight and nine, I mean, what they won the first two. They won the first two. I mean, that's the other thing. Three. They started two and zero, which means they went six and nine the last fifteen games. That's correct. Well, they were two and zero, and they ended up. They, and they went two and two, three and five. Yeah, they went two and two through that hard. So the, the first four games, we had we had said all along we we're going to be tough, and you would hope right. to just go two and two through it. And if you You'd went three thrilled. and one, you were thrilled. Yeah, they went two and two. Kind of won it the weird way. Right. They won the two road games, lost the two home games. Hmm. But they lost five out of they lost five mm-hmm. out of six. Mm-hmm. Five out of six they lost. Because they were two and zero and ended up three and five, and then it was you know sort of a struggle back to five hundred, fall below, struggle back, five below, win one, lose two, win two, lose one, um, until it really mattered, and that was against Carolina, and they they pulled that out, and then of course the last game against Atlanta didn't matter, or they would have had a three game winning streak, which is what I think they really wanted going into the playoffs, and they didn't get it. But that aside. It's just been that kind of year where you just never really got going, never really got the momentum. And, yes, a big part of that is injuries. And, yes, a lot of teams are hurt. I don't think that Dallas has had the kind of injuries that the Bucks have had. Um, but I also don't think that they're invincible. I don't think they're playing well. And, you know, he's right. Like, Lamonte's right. Everybody's right. These records, man, all that's going to matter is come – 11.30 or 12, Monday night, Tuesday morning, whatever, is who won the game. No one no one cares anything before. And then you move on, survive in advance. You know, it's just um, – and I, I think the Bucks can match up with Dallas. I don't, I don't think they fear Dallas. And they really are sort of fortunate because Dallas is not playing good football. You know, Dak inexplicably is throwing a ton of interceptions. And their defense has not been dominant the way it was earlier in the year. And so you add all that up and you go, yeah, at home, Monday night, sure. You give them a chance. Now, how are they going to do it? No idea. <laughs> you know, it's the old uh, it's the old few good men line, you know, with Tom Cruise, you know, going to take him right where he wants to go. How are you going to do it? I have no idea. But we do know this, that in all probability – for the Bucks to win, they're going to have to keep the score down. They're going to have to dominate on defense. They're going to have to give Tom Brady chances with the football. And I don't think they're going to score much more than 20 points if they get there. They average about 17 and a half, 18 a game. And they're going to have to win a similar game as to what I think it was in Dallas in week one. And they're going to have to have some help. Like Dak's got to throw them a few. Maybe somebody puts one on the ground. And you've got to play a clean game on your side. You can't have Tom Brady can't throw interceptions. You can't have fumbles. You know, and whoever plays the best that day, right, is going to win. But the but Dallas is really 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 talented. They got players everywhere. They don't always play up to the level of competition. I think they have a ton of pressure on them because of who their owner is. It was funny at one point Joey uh, Knight, my colleague asked I think it was Levante, he asked, why is this such a popular game? Because it's like a third national TV game that they've had with these two teams 
in the last couple of years. And Levante goes, Tom Brady and the star in the helmet, and that's that's it. You got the star in the helmet, and then you have the biggest star in NFL history. And you put those two together, and, and, and every network is clamoring for that. And that's why, you know, it ended up going to, you know, to ESPN on um, – on Sunday or Monday night football. So um, we won't know more really about their injury situation. And again, they keep saying this is the healthiest they've been. We really, the the biggest injury in my mind is, you know, Robert Hainsey has Mm -hmm. to be okay because there's all this speculation and all this intrigue about what is wrong with Ryan Jensen. This is his second week of practice. Could he run out there? What a boost this would give them. I mean, even if he could, even if they put him in uniform and did run him out there, nobody, and I mean nobody, can tell you what they're getting. No one. Not even Ryan. And how do we know this? Because he's incapable, or rather I'm not allowed to, put on any pads and hit anything. And if your first contact since July, when there was no contact, it was sort of a non-contact drill when he got hurt, if that's it, that's a that's that's a lot of blind faith to put in the guy, and I don't know what his endurance is. I don't. I simply don't think it's possible in my mind. He'll surprise. He surprised us before. Maybe he does again. But if Hainsey's okay, I think they're in really good shape injury wise. I don't think there's anybody, you know, of, of ilk that's going to miss this game, and um, that's that's pretty good news. And the fact that it's Monday night, believe me, even that extra. 27 hours, whatever it is, is going to be a big boost, you know, because you get more time for guys to heal up. But um, we're just getting into sort of like the storylines this week. And, you know, there's so much talk about Dak and the Cowboys, and and rightfully so. They're always going to have that following. But I don't know. I think in a weird way, you know, the Bucks are flying a little under the radar, and they're, they're sort of embracing it. There's like this – you're around these guys all year long, and it wasn't fun when they were struggling. Like there was, they just never really kept guys on the field. This week, these last couple weeks, really, even after the Atlanta loss, which you go back and watch that game, they're they've dominated the first half. You know, they um, I think allowed under fifty yards, and you know they had the lead and they're all of that. But there's a quiet confidence about this Bucks team, and. Obviously, most of it is surrounds Tom Brady, but it's more than that. It's like there's still a group of guys that, you know, have a heartbeat of a champion. And I think they all kind of know to a man that, like, we can get these guys. Like, we got them earlier, and they're not playing well. And Dak's not seeing the field well. And Todd Bowles, one of the things he did, and Brian Baldinger put it on Twitter, they dialed up so many blitzes, and they all got home. And he was watching the rush. And if it turns into that kind of a game, Steve, they're going to win. If they can, if they can keep Dallas from being second and short, and stop it, if they can stop that run. And look, Pollard, and those guys, Zeke, they're great. They're not mm-hmm. good. They're great. Um, I, I'd be more worried about Pollard than Zeke. But if they can stop them and put them in must-throw situations, they got a really good chance. I couldn't agree more. I mean that that's the key. That's how the Bucks are gonna win this game. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's stopping that run game, forcing them in the long plays, and then not turning the ball over yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Chris Godwin yeah, can't, can't get the ball that. punched out. 
Like yeah. He's had for a couple times now. And, Two times now, yeah. You know, and, and Brady's got to be smart with the ball. Not that he isn't, but right. You know, your hope with Brady is it's playoff time now. Take that extra mm-hmm. split second. Yeah, he might take a hit or two more than he would in the normal in the regular season. Because yeah. this is when it matters. Right. I mean, all all, all year. I mean, he's talked about we just got to get in. I mean, you know, the goal That's is it. to you know. And we, we've we've gone over this with the Lightning for years. Just get in. Mm-hmm. And, and then let your pedigree, let your, you know, the, the core of this team that was there two years ago winning a Super Bowl. The mm-hmm. core of this team that was there last year when you beat the Eagles and then came back on the Rams and had a shot to win that game after being down big. Absolutely. I mean, that's did. what this team knows knows they can do. Now, mm-hmm. they haven't executed a lot all season. And, and we've documented the reasons. But the health of this team, if Robert Hainsey is healthy or healthy enough to go to play, and be productive, then this is the healthiest they've been in a long time. And, and you, like the, you like those chances against this Dallas team that's struggling, a Dallas team you've beat. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was a long time ago, but. Right. You know, D- Dallas is very susceptible. It's funny, I was hearing um, Jerry Jones, because he's interviewed everywhere after every game, he gets more press than McCarthy does. But they're talking about, hey, Jerry, are you worried about Dak Prescott's, you know, and all his interceptions? He goes, I'm not worried because it's not in Dak's DNA. That's not his DNA to take to not take care of the football. Well, whether it's his DNA or not, man, he ain't taking care of it. So, um Bucks got to put the D in that one because I, I think I think they're going to get a chance to make some plays, um, and whether if they don't make them and C.D. Lamb makes them or you know Pollard or whoever is out there on the other end, then the Dallas Cowboys will have their way because this absolutely I don't even care how good of a day Tom Brady and the offense have they're not scoring more than twenty something points they're just not capable of it mm-hmm. I mean they scored nineteen to beat them in the opener. Well, but they were in the red zone four times and got field goals. Well, they were right. That's I mean, part that of it. The, right? That's the, the other the one part. Touchdown. The other part they have to do is is they can't settle for four field goals in the red zone. No, no, hell no. And the one touchdown they got was a Mike Evans, you know, like Beckham Jr. catch, you know, an Odell mm-hmm. Beckham Jr. catch with the reel in and in. So you can't count on that for sure, but. Yeah, kicking field goals. You're gonna put Ryan Suck up in 50 yards or 48 yards or something. You're gonna have to try to win. I don't want to go down that route in a playoff game. You know, I don't think you want to do that. So, but yeah, it's it's you know it's a confident. There's a quiet confidence over there at one buck this week. They're not taking the Cowboys lightly, nor should they. They know how talented they are, but by the same token, they don't fear them. And I think they see that they're vulnerable right now. You know, and if you just take, you know, we can't do this, but if you take the the Carolina game, which was a playoff-like game, they had to win, right, to win the division. And then the first half against Atlanta, they had a little momentum on offense. They did some things. You know, they moved the ball. They scored on the first possession for only the third time in Atlanta. So they should feel good about where they left the offense before they got to the postseason. And then it just depends on how well you play against the Cowboys. Are, again, are very talented. Um, before we continue, I wanted to remind you guys of a way to save a ton of money on your electric bill. I'm serious about this. It's May Electric Solar. 
They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been in the Florida, uh, Tampa Bay area, and around the state for 12 years now. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's the difference. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, 30 years plus. With every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hutchins showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. And here's another thing. All those guys up there installing things on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys. They don't use subcontractors, so you know who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Hey, we had uh, even a – mailbags have been great this week, by the way. We've got a couple more questions we can uh, hit right before we go here. So Michael tweeted us. He says, the Cowboys are 11-1 on turf this season, but 1-4 on grass. How tall are the Bucks allowed to grow the grass at Raymond James Stadium? (laughs) Uh, As tall as they want to. This is, and listen, nothing against anybody who's pursuing this story. I think this is the dumbest story I've heard, and I'll tell you why. First of all, not every grass surface is the same, okay? And we were talking to Mike Evans about this, um, I think on Wednesday, and and about turf and stuff like that. And Mike, you know, the Bucks obviously play on natural grass at home, and he was talking about like, well, you know, every field is different. Right, like he goes, the worst field I ever played on was in Germany. We're like, really? He goes, that was just mud with some grass. If you remember, like everybody was falling down, including Brady. Everybody was slipping. They didn't change their cleats right or in time, whatever. And but that's a grass field, and no one had any footing at all. Um, do I think the Cowboys are sort of built for turf? I do. I think when you emphasize speed over power. Um, the Bucks sort of did that, even though they had a turf field. I always thought they were faster on um, on artificial surface, and they really flew around then. But I think if you're going to emphasize speed, the better traction, and you tend to get that on an artificial surface, the faster you're going to be, the better maybe you would play. But, but however, um, I don't think that there's a big damn difference. And the thing is, they're not playing on any grass field. They're playing on Raymond James Stadium's grass field, which is renowned renowned for being one of the best services in the NFL, voted every year by the Players Association. So there shouldn't be any potholes over there, right? Um, bad footing, for example. I don't think it's going to rain. I think mm-hmm. the weather's going to be beautiful. So a lot of times if it's slick, right, and you've got mud underneath grass or whatever. Guys can't push off. It negates the pass rush. Like there's a tangible impact to that. But I I just can't buy into the fact that oh it's the grass that's got them. Like they're allergic to grass. Uh, no, because listen, almost every NFL player would tell you this. I'd rather play on grass any day. It's more forgiving. Mm-hmm. I don't get you know staff infections from them. I don't get scraped up. I don't even know how the guys plan some of this artificial stuff. So I just, I'm sorry. I, if they lose, they're one in five on grass. So everybody go, oh, that's why. 
maybe it is, or maybe the other team was better that day. You know, I just think that most players would prefer to play on a natural surface to the point where it's becoming a discussion now in the league about, you know, whether they should require it. Obviously, it's hard to do indoors. Um, but no, I, I simply think it's just a quirk of this schedule of this year. Well, here's the other part. The Cowboys are 11-1 and one on turf. The one loss is to the Buccaneers. There you go. Might have something to do with the football team. And the Bucks don't play on, on turf, right? So mm-hmm. yep, didn't seem to bother them switching to the other way. Yep. All right, David had tweeted. He said, the table is set. Brady and the Bucks winning the Super Bowl after a 3-5 and five start and a losing record. What does Brady's legacy have to gain from winning his eighth Super Bowl in this fashion? Could his legacy become mythological? It's pretty close to that now, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, if you're coming from where I'm at, I feel like I'm covering Zeus and walking down from Mount Olympus, for God's sakes. Uh, it is funny that the mentality of Tom Brady that I've learned is sort of like, oh, really? Make it. E- oh, you, you're counting me out? Really? How many times have I been counted out? Oh, please count me out. Please think. tell me I can't do something. Oh, build build a bigger obstacle for me to get over because I'm going to do it. COVID, Pfft, no problem. No training camp, okay. New offense, I'll learn it. Right, seven and five start, we'll recalibrate. Got to go on the road for all the playoff games, no big deal. First home Super Bowl against Kansas City, yeah, I got that one too. Like, tell me what this guy can't do, right? And yeah, they're it, it's horrible if you look at this season and you say hey man the dude never had a losing record since he became a starter and these guys went eight and nine um couldn't run the ball less than 80 yards a game and there's not literally not a handful of teams in nfl history or pro football history that have made the postseason averaging less than 80 yards rushing a game so he had no advantages and yet here he is and if you want to bet against them in the postseason, do it at your own peril because I'm here to tell you, you don't get to be Lord of the Rings unless your heart beats slower than everybody this time of year. And it is. I don't think this can only, to me, enhance his legacy. If they lose the first round, it'll be sort of a, eh, yeah, remember that year, man, they had to fight their butts off and Tom was just about done or maybe he retires, I don't know. Um, but he gave it one last shot, like, that could be the way it goes, but would you ever? I mean, if he pulls this off, right after this season, after retiring for forty days, coming back, no Gronk, um, no more Pet. Brian Jensen gets hurt. He goes through a divorce. He misses ten days one time, another day. Like this is one of his, the greatest of all Super Bowls, and he's had seven of them. Like it would be unbelievable to try to think of how this would play out. So I think his legacy is obviously cemented as the greatest of all time. It would only enhance it, in my opinion, if if somehow um, he's able to do this, man. It's just, it would be, um, it would be next level remarkable. And then, and then the question will be, of course, and it will be anyway, what's he going to do with next season? And, and none of us have that answer right now. I don't think he does. No, I don't either. I don't. I think he's deliberately not dealing with it because the last time he did it, he pulled the trigger on February 1st and it was the wrong decision. The question is who will make their decision first, Tom Brady or Sean McVay? Oh, Sean. 
Sean, did you did, was it? You told me before the podcast they're allowing all their assistant coaches to uh, talk to other teams to pursue other opportunities without any restrictions or. Yeah, that's not good, man. But they had no choice. I mean, he's you know McVeigh's putting a bind that way, so you could lose a lot of good coaches that don't want to be you know playing musical chairs and get left out because they were loyal to a guy who ultimately says, you know what, I'm I'm going to take a leave. I'm done, which could also happen. So. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We didn't get to this yesterday. It was a late game, but how about your Tampa Bay Lightning? And Nikita Kucherov, of course, was one of the selected all-stars from the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's already having a great season. And then the other night, what did he end up with, Steve? Two goals and two assists in the same game? That's correct. Four points. Uh, wow. Nikita doing Nikita things, including a couple turnovers that he, <laughs> well, you know, they would like to clean up. But that's part <laughs> of the genius and brilliance. It really and is. Frustrating it's part really... of Nikita Kucherov. When you have right. players that see the game so differently mm-hmm. and can do the things he can do on the ice, you see some spectacular plays. Right. But you also get those, you just hope they don't happen at the wrong time or in the he's wrong place little, on the ice. He's got a little, uh, he's a hockey version of Brett Favre a little bit. You know what I mean? A little bit. I, I don't think he's quite as risky, but yes. I, yeah. I, I like where you're going with that with the, you know, he's willing to take some chances, maybe not. At the, you're just hoping it's at the right times. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. hockey is a game you're going to have turnovers. Yeah, you can't have them at the wrong time. You just don't want it when you're the last guy at your blue line, and that's <laughs> yeah. where the turnover happens. And, you know, a few right. years ago, if you remember, Kucherov was benched after doing that. He was, and yeah. That was the second goal he basically gave up in that game because yeah. he had another turnover earlier. You know, it's it's you know, you're down deep in the offensive zone. You turn it up. That's going to happen. Right. You know, in the neutral zone, but you got some guys behind you. Those are going to happen, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean – you don't get the brilliance of Nikita Kucherov's game by not pushing it and taking some chances. He's got to push it, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, that's what he does, and that's why he's so skilled and good. But, you know, but when you get two goals and two assists, you're allowed to have a couple of mistakes. By the way, I don't know how they – is there still select selections to be made to the All-Star game? There's, this there's fan, fan voting. voting. So each – the NHL picked one player from each team. So that's eight yeah. for each division. And now the fans get to vote on two skaters and one goalie for each division. And then yeah, it's just there'll be some lot. injury replacements, too, so that happens. But when you're playing three-on-three hockey, you can't have a ton of people on the, the team. So. You don't, no. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, not, it's not like baseball where, you know, a quarter of every team is there. Um, that's, right. not the, that's not the way hockey's is. It's a lot more selective for their All-Star game. Yeah, and this will probably – he probably won't make it, but, man, Braden Point <laughs> – Oh, good. That guy's so We were good. having this you discussion today, and Braden, you know, deserves the accolades he gets. But in a fan vote, I, I can't see him getting in. And, and it's just he doesn't get the the accolades nationally. To f- the people who know hockey know how good Braden Point is. 
people in the game, but the fans in that, you know, you go to the Lightning, it's Stamkos, it's Kucherov, it's Hedman, it's Vasilevsky. At least those four before you get to Braden Point. Let me ask you this, though. If he played in Boston or New York, mm-hmm. was that a different deal? Even with the same amount of stars, if they had them? Uh, you know, probably. I mean, Boston's got the perfection line of Pasternak, Bergeron, and, and Marchand. They don't always play together, but on the power play, they do. And that line's been together for so long. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look, I mean, he's a star here. He's just, as the fans know him, and I'm not talking Lightning fans. I'm talking, you know, I mean, a fan vote for the All-Star game isn't just Lightning fans voting on it. No, it's the whole NHL, yeah. You know, and, and part of it is, is you know, all those other guys have played longer than him as well, too. Right. No, that's, yeah, he's not quite at that level nationally, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. boy, is he, is his stick on, is he hot or what? Woo. Yes. And he's flying right now, too. Oh. I mean, some of the stuff he's doing at high speed is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, the, some of the stuff he's doing, some of these goals he has scored, you know, you, you start naming the players in the NHL you think could do that at, at the that speed that he's Very doing. It's, it's Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, you know, maybe an Austin Matthews, although I don't even know at that speed if he could. You know, no, I mean, I mean, Austin, yeah. I, that's, uh, Austin's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. He's got I mean, phenomenal he's, hands. Absolutely. Um but just the speed with, you know, I mean, Connor's the fastest, best player in the world at this point. Connor's a good comparison, I think. Yeah, you know, but I mean, there's not many players that could do what Braden has done on some of those goals at that speed. Tell you what, I was nervous. Um, he had that one goal and slammed into the wall. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, he got himself out of a really bad position. But, oh, man, the kind of wheels that he's coming into that boards with. Yeah, um, I mean, he part of it, he tripped over the goalie, and that's that, – going yeah. to happen but i didn't like to push from behind on that that's that's no you know that was dirty it was dirty because brayden had already shot the puck i mean it was you know oh, you're yeah. just trying I, I you're just trying to stop himself why do you want to hurt somebody else that way by the way would you like it if somebody did that to you like no. here's i never got this about players right they go and they have a union and they fight for this and they fight for that and you get you know safety rules and all this to protect everybody and then they're trying to then they're trying to board people it's like Whose side are you on, man? You're all you're all really just players, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want these safety rules to protect your careers. Do you want another guy's career to be shortened? Do you want to shorten your career? Like it never made sense to me that players would hurt players. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Competitive, yeah, I get that. Um, maybe a borderline, like cross the line, aggressive, and pick up some penalties. Okay, fine. But like this notion that you would hurt some guy for your either carelessness or just just to be the enforcer, whatever the hell would cause it. Like you got to protect each other, man. Like you're all playing the same game. You're all, you're really all part of a union. Like I, it's that way in football too. It's like they mm-hmm. want to kill each other. And then after the game, they're all, you know, good buddies and stuff, but man, protect yourself. That's all I'm saying. So the lightning go to play Vancouver or their home against Vancouver. Then they go on the road for the next five. So they're going to be going to be away. Yeah, that's a long road trip starts in St. Louis. Then you go out west to Seattle, which is Monday afternoon before the Bucks game, actually. Martin Luther King Day. It's a 1 o'clock game what in Seattle, so 4 o'clock yeah. in Tampa. And then they mm-hmm. hit the, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's, and I may have the order wrong, but uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary. So Calgary. It's, the western, it's the Western Canada road trip. Yeah, pack, pack, the, pack the jackets, man, mm-hmm. for sure. Yes, it'll be cold. 
And then um, some good news. This is an interesting story because I haven't paid attention to them, and now I'm going to start. Um, USF men's basketball team took on Houston, which I had no idea Houston was ranked where they are, and they what they they were they almost beat them. I mean, at one point they were ahead. They lost by six. Yeah, eighty three to seventy seven at Houston. Uh, USF uh-huh. shot forty nine percent from the field. Uh, wow. I think they shot forty eight percent from three. It's outstanding. I mean, they they played Houston about as well as any team has this year, and Houston's That's the number one team in the country. So, yeah. Brian Gregory's team might be coming around. You, you hope to, you hope so. I mean, it's uh, you know you hope that you can build off this. I mean, you know they always say there's no moral victories, but I I think in you know you can build off what you did well against a team that is really good, uh, rebounds the ball really well. Um, you know, I mean, Houston, I was listening to Jim Lighthall on the call tonight um, when I was driving home earlier, and, you know, the, Houston had missed 12 shots at one point in the first half. They had six offensive rebounds. Half their misses they were getting offensive rebounds on. Oh, man. I mean, you know, they're just a, a really good – they're really gr- great defensively, and to shoot 49% against them is good. And, and to, you know, almost take them down, um, that that's that's a good building step for this this program and, and this team, and you hope uh, they can parlay this now into their upcoming games into you know mo- some momentum. Yeah, well, I would think certainly nobody in the conference is going to be as good as them because they're the best team in the, in the nation. So there's that. We got a treat for you tomorrow on the podcast. Of course, the Bucks don't play till Monday night, so we'll be back on Sunday to preview that. However, as my friend Boomer would say, let's go down to Valley Ranch and talk to Ed Werder. My good friend Ed Werder from ESPN is going to join us, and he's going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody knows them better than my friend Eddie, Mr. Ed. So we're going to talk to him on the podcast and uh, get you set for the weekend and all the other NFL games. Should be a great weekend of uh, – this is one of my – to be honest with you, the, the, the wild card weekend – Divisional weekend's pretty good too, but the wild card weekend to me is like one of the best in the NFL, one of the best in sports because there's always going to be some upsets and it's a lot of football, right? It's two games on Saturday. We got two on Sunday, one on three on Sunday, one on Monday night, three on Sunday, one on Monday no, night. It's so, super wild card week. It's not just wild card week anymore. It's super, uh, it's wild, super card. wild card. But you can't say super. Did they? Didn't they brand the name Super Mark Super? Like we're not allowed to say super anymore, right? I, I, I think when you talk about. The games you can, if you start tying sponsorship in in this, then ah, you I got gotcha. you. Okay, mean, gotcha. You know, in the news so like, capacity, don't come you're to my restaurant for it. this super wild card dinner. <laughs> yeah, you can't say if that's, that's trademarked. You can't say that. You know, so it's gotcha. with the the chunky soup like commercial. Promote years. the actual. Yeah, the, the super wild. I remember card the weekend. chunky soup commercial years ago. The Uber say Old Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that's they did, right. They did a whole commercial in Pig Latin. Pig Latin. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I didn't know how you could trademark a word, but I got a few I'd like to trademark. I make a lot of money doing it too. I don't think you can. Tra- I don't think you could trademark super, but super something you can. Super Bowl for sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, Ed although Warner, Ohio State Ed. trademarked the, I think so. You know, maybe you can. The Ohio State. Yeah. Apparently, how's that working out for him? Pretty good. Okay, so it should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, wake the kids, call the neighbors. We'll have a lot of fun on the podcast uh, tomorrow. So thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you've uh, had a good week so far. Join us manana for Ed Werder. For Steve Bursting, I'm Rick of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom does- 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.